So after the summer break, summer holiday, we're back at it. Very excited to be here. It's weird because I, I read two weeks worth of news instead of one. Okay, there's also something else you have to deal with. The last couple of episodes I have, because I bought a second desk and I rearranged my room. And somehow by rearranging my room, I created a small echo. So the last couple of episodes haven't sounded as good to me. Uh, I'm assuming people noticed or didn't care or anything, but I have not been satisfied with the quality. So I, I, I do plan to move stuff around my room again. And I've also bought a new microphone. It's not the microphone's problem. I don't want to disparage this microphone that I actually love very much. The first solution, though, the easiest solution, is to lean in closer to the microphone and speak a little more quietly, therefore reducing the ability of the sound to echo off the room. So if it sounds like trying to be sexy, I am, because I'm always trying to be sexy, because we're all always trying to be sexy. That's just something to keep in mind, is is sexiness sells. So uh, the video will suffer because I will be less animated. But the audio podcast, this is going to be a, a new sensual experience for Ninja News Japan. And then when I get my new mic, I'm going to test that out. It's going to be very exciting because obviously I've been doing podcasting. I like, I like all this stuff. I like the tech stuff. I like to play with the things. Uh, but what I, I'm really looking forward to is, is just sitting really far back from the microphone and screaming my head off instead of whispering like I'm trying to seduce your ears, which I am. I'm trying to seduce your ears. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I have I have gone a little quieter than I intended, but once you get started on this path, it's a slippery slope. Like I can't go deeper. I don't have a really deep voice, but I, I do speak softly quite well. So when my voice gets soft like this, I just want it, you know, it's, it's like a a fondue for your ears, a sensual soaking the inner ear in, in melted chocolate. Fucking discord. Of course I didn't turn it off. All right, let me do that. Okay, there we go. Discord has been muted. No one, no one can make fun of me for that again. So let's get started. I can't whisper. I, I want to speak low, but then as soon as I start going low, I go into like too much and I start whispering. I should just start the show. I really should just start the show, but I, I kind of don't want to start the show. When I take breaks, I actually, it takes me a, a weirdly long amount of time to get back into it. And now that I've discovered that I have sort of a problem with my audio setup that I need to fix, um, I'm now kind of nervous about recording because I want it to sound good. This is essentially, I know I put it on YouTube, but it's essentially an audio podcast. And the audio podcast, more than anything else, I want it to sound good. So you can see every time I like slow down, I start speaking more softly, more whispery. And it, it, just, it gets, again, that fondue for your, your ear holes. Okay, we're going to get started with the news. So let me do a transition sound, and then we'll get started with our first story. Welcome to NPR, NNJ, NNJ, NPR. <laughs> I've completely, I should put some candles on. Turn all the lights out. Close the blinds. Put on some candles. Let me whisper the news. Forget the news. It's just you and me talk. It's just you and me 
I'll just whisper in your ear things that maybe you need to hear. Like, I'm probably the same age as your dad. And I'm proud of you. I, I like who you've become as a person. I support you in your efforts. And I think the things you do to try to make yourself and the world around you better, I think those are valuable. Now let's get to some weird Japanese news. All right, I'm going to try to not whisper that much. It is going to be hard because I actually never sit with the microphone. The pop filter is right in my face and the, the microphone, I've angled it up. I've tried to do everything I can to avoid buying a new microphone. And then I was just like, fuck it. I'll go buy the stupidly expensive microphone that's supposed to take care of echoes for you. Now that I've bought it, I have massive buyer's regret, even though I haven't even received it yet. Cause I feel like I could just do some, ah, whatever. We're not going to talk about it anymore. A 31 year old man calls the police and he says, my figure is gone. Not my physical figure. Like honestly, my figure left like 20 years ago, but my figure is gone. What he means is his, his, a toy, a figurine. Uh, I, you'll notice if you're watching the video, I suppose I shouldn't like address stuff that you can see in the video. Oh, well, anyways, on the shelf next to me, I do have a Tachikoma. Tachikoma is a robot from the Ghost in the Shell series. It's one of my favorite characters. And so I have a figurine. I don't have a lot of figurines. I don't collect a lot, but I understand it has great value to other people. It's not the sort of thing that is valuable to me. If someone took the time to steal my Tachikoma, I probably would not call the police, if I'm being honest. Turns out, a former coworker and live-in girlfriend was the one who took his figure. She said she stole and sold the figure for money, which shows that she didn't really understand what she's stealing. One of the things I think is important if you're going to be a thief is that you understand the value of the thing that you're stealing. I had this conversation many episodes ago where I was talking about like people stealing Pokemon cards where you would need to know which cards are valuable. So it's, it's like the an art thief thing. And this was, I was doing an equivalency of people who steal Pokemon cards. This is the next version of art theft because you need to have a, a deep understanding of it to know its value, to know that it's worth stealing. And if you do that, well, then you're in really good shape. But if you don't, you're going to end up like this girl who stole a Sora from Kingdom Hearts, the video game. I've never played it, so it's a little, little obscure for me. Stole a Sora figure and was managed to get 4,000 yen for it. So I don't consider 4,000 yen worth going to prison over. She probably won't go to prison. And being his girlfriend, do you think he's going to forgive her and let it go? This is something that's come up multiple times where a nerd has married or engaged in a relationship with a non-nerd who doesn't respect how much they value the stuff that they have, like their collectibles and things. So they don't understand what they're doing. Uh, there is a couple of instances I've read online of you know, a woman is angry at her husband. She goes in and smashes the case where all his figures are. And I don't think in those cases, they actually understand what they're doing because to them, it's a stupid toy. They're angry that their husband still plays with stupid toys. So they smash the stupid toys. And you've read stories on the internet where it's like 
if you want to date me, you have to stop playing video games and stuff, which is pretty unreasonable if you really think about it. Because you're saying you have something you love. If you love me, then you will stop loving that thing. So I just found this interesting that this woman stole something. I don't think she understood because she she stole it. And again, you have to kind of say your motive, the reason for stealing. It's part of the police report. And she said for basically living expenses or entertainment, so basically just spending money. But 4,000 yen, again, do the, the really bad math is like 40 to 50 bucks. You're not going to have that much fun on 50 bucks anymore. You're not going to be going out and doing, yeah, I mean, you'll get a really nice dinner for 50 bucks somewhere in Japan. But even then, you're not talking about like high class stuff. You're just getting like a really good mid-range meal. So I think a couple of mistakes have been made. One, she has to study what she's stealing before she steals it. Two, don't steal your boyfriend's stuff. That's not cool. The deputy mayor of Tokyo. This this leads to an interesting uh, set of problems uh, when communicating to your team at work on messaging apps. So my work coworkers and I use Slack. I think a lot of companies do. Uh, Microsoft Teams is the one that's actually using this story. There is a feeling that what you're saying in there is sort of private. And that's not true. Now, I've, I've made the mistake more than once of clicking on the name of the person I was thinking about to talk about that person to someone else. So because I was thinking of person A and I wanted to talk to person B about person A, what I did was I clicked person A's name and then started typing. And they saw it uh, and it's embarrassing and stuff, but it's also whatever. You now know what I think. I'm not particularly shy about sharing my opinion in real life anyway. So you probably knew if we're being really honest, but that's a different issue. So this sense of privacy comes with a problem in that you feel that you can say whatever you want on this platform because it's not public, but you're saying it to a group of people. Now, do you have the full loyalty and understanding of the people you're speaking to? I have now realized that there are things you should not just write down. This is very much related to the Ninja News Japan Advice for Criminals section, which is now something I should actually title. Come up with a a, a secondary theme song, Ninja News Japan Advice for Criminals. It's not for criminals, but you don't want a paper trail. You don't want to say negative things about people and write it down. You want that to be ethereal. You want that to be in the atmosphere. So you've said it, but then no one can prove that you said it. That's the important part. Because what could happen in what happened to the deputy mayor of Tokyo is he decided it would be perfectly acceptable to call someone who works for a different group a pig. He did a play on words on their last name. Uh, So he called an assembly member a pig multiple times. Uh, A copy of the team's chat. So someone screenshotted that chat, printed it out, and sent it to the home of the assembly assembly member's co-worker. So... What happened is someone who didn't like the deputy mayor of Tokyo, and this is, again, the first issue is if you're going to say shitty things, you have to make sure everyone agrees with you before you say it. Finding out afterwards is a problem. So this is like any sort of racist person. You really need to test the waters and find out if the person you're speaking to is also racist before you say racist stuff. Uh, If you want to do it with sexism, anything like that, 
any sort of negative aspect that you want to present into the world. You have to make sure that the people you're speaking to agree. And then even then, they might be putting up a face that they agree so they can catch you. So you got to be really careful. Go back to my original point. Don't write anything down. So someone screenshotted, printed out, and mailed it to snail mail, the copy of this chat to the assembly member's coworker. Uh, a press conference was held by the victim and said, you know, it'd be a really good idea if we looked at all the deputy mayor's postings. So basically saying like, if let's see what kind of shit this guy has said about how many people there are in the world and how awful he is. And let's just get that out in the open right now, which I think honestly is kind of awesome. Um, the deputy mayor offered to apologize and then offered to make a face-to-face apology in person to the to the offended party. Uh, the offended party declined, saying it's because of a scheduling issue, but I'm betting it had a lot more to do with I don't want to stand in front of a man who has called me a pig and accept his apology. Because the problem with apologies, primarily, is there is an expectation that you accept them, even if you don't want to. And I bet she doesn't want to, because the guy called her a pig, but I get it's I bet it's because he is a pig. So this did not end there. He called the assembly group a group of idiots. Uh, He also posted her home address in the team's chat. That to me, he's now doxing her to a group so they could maybe take initiative and go ahead and do stuff. That is problematic because that is a step above. Calling someone a pig is bad. I've called people names. I'm sure people have called me names. If I found out someone called me a name, I don't think I would actually end up taking it that personally. We all get angry. We all get annoyed. We all want to throw some stuff out there. I think that's healthy to a degree. You got to be careful, of course. I don't ever actually want to offend someone, but bad moods, whatever. Taking someone's home address and posting it to a group of people is a step above. That's not you're in a bad mood. That is you are trying to actually put someone in a situation where they could get hurt. The deputy mayor of Tokyo had to resign, which is completely appropriate. I actually think they could have taken it a little further. This borders on the criminal as far as I'm concerned. So I've been involved in teaching for most of my adult career. I have always wanted to find ways to engage students. Teens, young teens, pre-teens, they're sort of the most difficult to engage. Little kids are great. You just sing a song. They're happy. Uh, You have adults. They're there voluntarily, so the feeling is different. So I find adults are the easiest and little, little kids are the easiest. That in-between group, they're the toughest ones to deal with. So finding ways to engage with them is important. And I've tried and failed, and I've tried and succeeded. But one of the real ways to get young people to engage with stuff is to bring them sort of real life into the classroom. They like that because it helps them feel like adults. So they were going to talk in this lady's class about drugs and where drugs come from, like illegal drugs. So she thought, ah, you know, I... For my break, I'm going to go to Colombia. What I'll do is bring back some coca leaves. Coca is quite famously the plant where the drug cocaine is refined from. There's already a first problem. She's bringing back leaves from a plant into a country, which I'm pretty sure everyone knows you're not supposed to bring plants across borders. Like I know it's primarily because of invasive species and stuff, but like even like lettuce. It could carry bugs and stuff. You're not supposed to bring stuff 
like vegetables and stuff personally across borders. So I was like, as soon as they said she brought coca leaves to Japan, I wasn't thinking, oh, she's going to go back and break bad and uh, start making cocaine, which she, she wasn't. Uh, but I did, I was like, she must know that this is not okay. Just on a like, don't bring plants into countries kind of issue. She brought the coca leaves from a trip to Colombia back to Japan. She brought them into the classroom and she was doing a lesson about drug precursors. So essentially where drugs come from. And then she did a how-to on how to refine the leaf into the actual cocaine and got like a 99% purity and then had everyone take a bolt off the ground and just that class rocked for the rest of the day for about 20 minutes and then they all came down. No, that isn't what happened. She actually did though. She was trying to engage the students. So I, I weirdly appreciate what she was trying to do. The problem is she did it. So she was like, hey, I'm going to bring these leaves from another country to Japan. Uh, of course, turns out the coca leaf is illegal to possess and illegal to import into Japan. Uh, so she's in trouble. She claims she didn't know. Now, most of the time on Ninja News Japan, a criminal will do something and then claim they don't remember, or they don't know, and I will go, you know, that's a good tactic to try to delay the police, but you're guilty, clearly. I think this lady may have actually been ignorant of what she was doing. She's like, oh, I managed to get some of these leaves that are freely available in Colombia, apparently. I, I thought this would also be a controlled substance technically in Colombia. I got them in my bag. No one found them, brought them to Japan. Nothing happened, so clearly it must be okay. I, I bet if they asked her to surrender them, specifically at the border, she probably just would have. She wanted to engage her students. So advice to teachers, Introduce Japan is all about making everyone better at everything. Advice to teachers, don't bring products that can be refined into illegal drugs into your classroom. Criminals always want to break into houses. That's where stuff is. And criminals want stuff more than anything. They would rather actually have liquid funds. They would actually have money. But money is also in Japan still quite often stored in the house. Uh, breaking into houses is hard though. So one of the ways you could do it is to trick the person into letting you into the house. And this was interesting because I had not thought of this as a feasible way to get into a house. So if someone came up to my door, knocked on the door and said, hey, Chung Beef Chest of Ninja New Japan fame. A snake has escaped. Uh, can I stay in your house for a bit? I would be like, I don't see a snake. Why don't you just run away? I mean, if there's no snake visible here and it's a big snake big enough to scare you, I don't think it's a problem. I think if you just keep moving, you will be safe and fine from the snake. I would not let them in my house. Uh, other people are kinder than I am. Uh, I'm not even going to say gullible. I'm just going to say straight up kinder than me. So what happens there is they let you into the house. Now, somehow this guy found 3.7 million yen in this lady's house, stole it, and then left the house. The police picked him up based on the fact that his car is being sitting, seen on security footage sitting outside the house. So they figured out who he is. This was four months ago. They arrested me. He said, I can't remember anything that happened four months ago. Just great. So they're like, where were you four months ago? He's like, I don't know. This, okay, is a real experience I had. So I was, as a part of my company, sued by a former employee. 
And the court process, I believe it was two years before I actually was in court. And the man, the the defending attorney? No, no, no. We were the defendants. So the prosecuting attorney asked me very specific questions about things I said on that day that I was actually working with this other person. I have to keep the, the, the details a little vague, but that's actually not relevant to the story. So he asked, did you say this specific thing? And I legitimately remembered because this was a pretty big event in my work life. I did actually remember, but it seemed very justified for me to say, I don't remember exactly what I said two years ago because I think it's unreasonable to expect people to remember what they were doing two years ago. So I was half lying, half telling the truth. Did I just perjury? I just think I just perjured myself. Um, I had a recollection of the sentiment of what I said. I did not remember that. So I guess we're talking about laws. Legally, I did not lie. Uh, spirit of the law, I fudged the truth a bit because I did remember the spirit of what I said. I remembered uh, a vague sense of what I said. I remembered the approximation of what I said. Did I remember the exact sentence, the specific words? No, I didn't. And since he asked me if I said something specific, a negative answer to that was not a lie. So I did not perjure myself. Excellent. This being Japan, you don't swear on a Bible. That wasn't like, because I I watched a lot of uh, court stuff. I used to watch Law and Order and stuff. And they go into court and you swear on a Bible. And I'm not religious, so that always seemed weird to me. But then now I'm in a different country. You don't swear on a Bible. They just go like, hey, tell the truth. And you go, yep. Swearing doesn't mean anything. Anyways, this guy, I actually think it was, the, the result isn't that interesting. It was the fact that he used this very, to me, not very convincing story to actually get into someone's house but he did it successfully. And it seems like he did it multiple times. And then also there's this keeping 3.7 million yen in your house. I currently have 10,000 yen, which is like a hundred bucks in my wallet. That is all the money I keep in the house because I generally use digital payments, which means the best you could do is steal my phone and you need my fingerprint to access anything on my phone. So your snake story won't work and I don't have any money for you to steal. So don't target me. Don't target anyone. Stop stealing stuff. So there's a lot of games I've played in my youth. <laughs> Here, here's my moment to try to appeal to the youth and talk about games that they're clearly playing because they're in the news, games I've never played. Honestly, do not want to experience. So there were three friends. They're out for an evening of cocktails over, I assume, the summer break. I actually didn't write down the exact dates. And they'd been imbibing, so they were loose, let's say. What happened was they started a game, and in front of a crowd of people, the two friends started taking turns punching the one friend in the stomach. This led to a point where the one friend collapsed unconscious and was then taken to hospital. The two friends were arrested. When the friend regained consciousness, he said, Oh, no, 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 they weren't assaulting me. We were playing a game of gut punches. This is a game. I practice judo. If you've listened to Ninja News Japan for any amount of time, you know that I spend a significant portion of my life doing very awful things to my body for fun. 
So this is not something I'm a professional at. It's a, a hobby. It's a very important part of my life, but, and it causes me immense amount of pain. So I did it last night, woke up this morning, took a 10 minute ice bath. Uh, I know ice bath has become kind of a, a trend for, you know, douchebag sports bros. Uh, but honestly, if you are feeling pain all over your body, an ice bath is a pretty, pretty nice thing. So if you do any sort of, uh, significant sports that cause you pain. I'm not going to get into the ice bath. You should look it up and probably take it seriously. Uh, You don't need to do what they do, like all the extreme stuff, like 30% ice, 60% water, and you sit in there for two minutes and almost die. Uh, I put cold water in a bathtub and then throw in some ice that melts probably before I even get in. And it's cold. It's not freezing. Uh, Again, because I'm not working at a level where I would need that, but the relief it has brought to me has been significant. I have some friends who've tried it. They all have a very positive things. I'm not going to go ice bath bro on you and start talking about that. But I, what I'm saying is I've done a lot of damage to my body on purpose for fun. I would never consider playing a game of gut punches. Back in 2015. There was a jewelry heist in Japan. Three men. I actually talked about this not too long ago because one of the men at the time of the crime was underage. But now that they've actually found them and are prosecuting them, he is an adult. I was very interested if he's being tried as an adult. This may never come to pass. They were talking about extraditing them from the UK where they live to Japan to face trial. Now, normally in this situation... uh, They just have the country they're in prosecute on the other country's behalf. But they want to extradite them to Japan. They're only dealing with, there's there's three people involved. They're only doing one at a time. They are currently, the UK is saying they will not extradite the suspect to Japan because of Japan's human rights issues. So people who are held in Japan by the police, uh, they get abused. They've had multiple deaths in Japanese holding cells for immigrants. So people who are like their visas have run out or they're illegal immigrants and stuff, they get thrown in these holding cells. They don't get fed properly or taken care of properly. They're talking about human rights violations now. The concern is that the suspect may be made to confess under duress. And then Japan argues back that the police interviews are all recorded, except for the ones where the recording doesn't work and the person accidentally punches himself to death, which has happened. So I think people have a fairly positive image of Japan as a society, as I do. The police, though, is a really mixed bag. Now, I know some cops, and the cops I know, I like to believe they're good and kind people and would never actually do any of this stuff. But the reality is there are regular stories of people being held for no reason. There's a guy who was held for 40 days. So he lost his job. He lost most of his friends uh, on a false accusation. And the police basically were like, whoops, sorry, you can go now. The problem is his whole life is in shambles. And in Japan, you can sue, but what you get for suing them, it's not like enough to, to fix your life. So in America, being a very litigious country, you get like massive payouts if the police wrong you. That just doesn't happen in Japan. So, you know, you get like a couple thousand dollars, but a couple thousand dollars isn't going to get me my job back. It's not going to fix my life. So that's problematic. The other two are still weighing a decision on about extradition. 
Japan, I didn't know this, Japan only has extradition treaties with the US and South Korea. So basically, if you commit a crime in Japan and you can get to any country other than the US and South Korea, it's very likely they will not send you back to Japan to face charges. So my immediate thought is like, okay, what country would I go to that would be least likely to send me back to Japan? I actually bet it would be China. If I committed a crime in Japan, I can't be giving advice like this to Japanese criminals all the time. But it is just the way my brain works is like, present a problem, give me information. And I start to go like, well, what is the best solution to that? I've committed a crime in Japan. Which country is least likely to send me back to Japan? I would at first think it's China because they have such a contentious relationship, but then they might send you back just because they don't want you as a problem there. And China is not really big on human rights either. So they'd be like, haha, go back and suffer. So actually China might not be the best choice. Uh, I might have to do a survey somewhere and see what everyone thinks. If you commit a crime in Japan and you're not going to the US, you're not going to South Korea, where would you go in the hopes that you're least likely to be sent back to Japan. The human rights issue actually brings it up. So you need actually a very liberal country. So now I'm thinking my home country of Canada, they would not send you back if there was any possibility of a human rights violation. So I I think doing years and years in Indigenous Japan has led me to the conclusion that I should start planning my big crime and go back to Canada and not get extradited. Hmm... Some plans on the horizon, I see. So there is a South Korean DJ called DJ Soda. And she played a music festival in Japan. Now DJ Soda, at the end of her sets, goes down into the audience and, you know, says hello to people and talks to people. And the problem is, in Japan, she was groped by both men and women. And she actually said the woman grabbed her breasts the hardest and was like most sort of invasive with the groping, where the men like grabbed her elbows and grabbed her shoulders and stuff, but they were touching her. Now, I don't want to victim blame, but I do want to give all the information. So this was, I personally, if I was that big a personality, probably would not go down into the audience without security. Uh, I absolutely wouldn't do it if I was an attractive woman. And I'm not talking about the Japanese audience. I'm talking about any audience. The internet went really weird on this one. So you have the uh, Japanese internet that's trying to defend itself, the Japanese internet that's trying to apologize or be sympathetic to the situation. You have the uh, South Korean internet that is accusatory of Japan. Uh, You have the South Korean um, internet that is judgmental of the way DJ Soda dresses because she basically wears short shorts and a bikini top and she's a very sexual person but again being a sexual person doesn't make it okay to sexually assault someone they also had a porn star dancing on stage so the problem I see is that this was a sexually charged atmosphere and then she went down into a crowd Now, I would actually say that's a bad idea. Not, again, I don't think it's okay. I think those people should get in trouble. But I also think your self-preservation needs to kick in. This is, we got porn stars up in bikinis dancing on the stage. We, uh, the audience is mostly men and they're mostly drunk. I wouldn't go down there. As now, as a male, 
I still would not go down there because I'd be like, I don't believe it would be safe to go down into a crowd of drunk people if I have just like hyped up the crowd. But again, I still don't think this is okay. Mm. It leads me in a tough position because it will sound like any sort of excuse I make is victim blaming, which I don't think that's fair. She should not have been touched. Uh, the audience should have kept their hands to themselves. Uh, Japan, having done as many stories as I have on creepy people in Japan, I do have an image of Japanese men being kind of creepy. So that's problematic as well. So is that true or is that a bias I've created, like a confirmation bias? Because I keep, I seek out those stories for Ninja News Japan because they're usually interesting and weird and funny and gross. Uh, and that, suits the platform I've created here where we're talking about interesting, weird, gross stories. The interesting thing is this morning, a news report on Japan Today, so I'm going to read this because I just got it this morning. Two 20-year-old men surrendered to police Monday in connection with the incident where popular South Korean artist DJ Soda was allegedly groped by attendees at a recent music event in Japan, according to investigative sources. So basically the police are like, oh, the 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 creators of the music festival we want to press charges civil and criminal because we want to promote the safety of our artists who the people who come to this festival we want them to feel safe so we're actually pressing charges these two guys turned themselves in and they said again not an excuse but they said they were drunk and this really was gross to me they said we did it we touched her in a light-hearted way so I think what they're trying to say is we didn't intend to grope her, but you were touching someone without permission. So, I mean, it's the same whether your intent was to be gross or not. And this is the problem is something like this depends on how it's received. You touch someone and they like it, not a problem. You touch someone and they don't like it, that's sexual assault. It's really, it really is the person who's on the receiving end gets to decide if this is okay or not. And she's decided it's not okay. I did read a lot about, again, like the different internets trying to lay blame elsewhere. I, I don't have an answer. I, I, yeah, I think security should have been down there, maybe. Uh, I don't think. Do you remember Taylor Swift <laughs> went on to, she was receiving an award and then Kanye West like charges the stage and grabs the microphone and says like, I'm going to let you finish. And then, my only thought in that was where was security? Like security didn't, you have a guy, I know he's famous. Uh, he just walks on the stage and just grabs the microphone out of her hand. It's just, just like take over that show. Security should have like pulled him off the stage, like just picked him up and walked him off. And they're probably thinking like, oh, he's rich and famous. So we shouldn't do that. He's an artist here tonight. So we shouldn't do that. But man, I don't think anyone should be rushing up on anybody. So, I think security failed here, just like I feel like they failed back then. I think that might be where, in my mind, most of the blame should be. So I think DJ Soda is absolutely justified in being offended. I think uh, the fans turning themselves in was actually probably the right thing to do. The female fan, who she was literally the most blame was laid on, did not turn herself in. I bet she didn't think she did anything wrong because it was a woman touching another woman. Uh, we got a lot of cultural issues all wrapped up in that that we don't have time to go into today because i got a couple more stories to do but it is interesting i'm interested to see where this ends up 
Because does DJ Soda go forward with these guys getting arrested? What happens to them and what comes up after this will be very interesting. This is something I didn't know about at all, and I'm super excited about it, and I kind of want to try it, and I know I end up spending way more money than I should, but there are online UFO catchers. UFO catchers in Japan is what I think they would call crane games or claw games in North America. I haven't been in North America long enough to know what they're called anymore, but in Japan, it's that big claw comes down, and you grab something, and then, of course, it lets go halfway up, and you go, oh, I almost got it. You can do that online with your smartphone. This, I think, came about primarily because of COVID, because people couldn't go to like arcades anymore. They set up a warehouse with these hundreds of UFO catcher machines and then cameras on them so that you can control it from your smartphone. So you pay money through the phone and then you get a play and then it picks it up. And if you win, like it picks up the, the item and it drops it and you actually win, they'll mail it to your house. Just, I don't know why that got me going. I assume, here's the thing. When I came to Japan, I used to do UFO catchers. I used to be really good at it. And then the UFO catcher machine seemed to get like they paid out less or like more scammy. They clearly had programmed the machines not to, to give you stuff until it got a certain amount of money, uh, more so than when I came. So my skills didn't go down. The quality of the grab went down. Uh, so I don't play them anymore because now I feel like they're just ripoffs. Whereas before I felt like I had an actual chance. So I probably actually gave them more money before when I would win stuff every now and then, whereas now I don't win anything. So I don't give them anything. Uh, so imagine a warehouse with 500 machines and over 1500 different prizes. It's mostly anime stuff. So if you're a nerd, this is like up your alley. I, with my tachikoma on my shelf, hundred percent, uh, I'm down for this. Uh, DMM.com, which is a big website in Japan that does live streaming and stuff, they will uh, move the prize to make it easier after multiple attempts. They actually, some places do this. So like I try to grab this big anime sexy girl and I drop it like five times. You can call the staff and go, can you please position it better? And they will actually move it closer to the hole or closer to, or like on its side so it's a little easier to pick up. It'll give you a fair chance. And after you spent so much money, you've kind of paid for the thing. So it's a fair thing to do. So DMM.com does that. Taito and Sega also have these online services. I didn't know about any of this. I Actually, that'd be a cool thing to actually live stream on Twitch is set a certain amount of money and see how much I can win, which would probably be zero because, again, I'm assuming now I'm even – like my skills that I would have had before they've gone down and then doing it via the internet. I bet that's actually really hard, but I'm super interested in this. They make 20 to 30 billion yen a year on this, this, this whole industry. I didn't even know about, which I think that to me is the most interesting aspect of this whole thing. Okay. Creepy last story. Creepy last story. Uh, this happened to me two days ago. And so I was, shocked. Uh, I was actually on TikTok, but it turns out on YouTube, there was a sudden influx of uh, on-a-hole advertising on YouTube and TikTok. And an on-a-hole is a machine, a suction-based machine uh, with vibrating capabilities for a male individual. So it is 
a machine designed for a man to take care of himself. Now, the one I saw, I actually tried to send it to my friends because it was so disturbing and gross when I saw it that I wanted everyone I knew to see it as well so we could talk about it. But what it was, it was one that was stuck on a window. Now, if I'm going to do sort of my private activities, I'm not going to do it on an open window, but I'm betting the suction cup actually works really well on glass. So maybe that was on purpose, maybe not. Uh, then they just turn on some of the functions. There's no voiceover, no sound. It's just this tube stuck to a, a, a window. Uh, and it has a touch panel at the top and they touch it and you can see it go brrr, it starts to vibrate and whatnot. Uh, and then they take a thing. It's not a male PP. Uh, they take a, a long stick with like ridges on it and they start putting it in there. Then they did an internal view of what it looks like on the inside and how it's vibrating and stuff. And then they did some sp- practical special effects, I think might be the best way to say it. Uh, and then the video is over because it is just a, like a 10, 15 second ad. Uh, I know this is not what YouTube wants to have advertised on its Japanese website. I know it's not what Japanese um, TikTok wants advertised on their website. So a lot of people freaked out on like Twitter. I guess I should start calling it X properly. Uh, as in like, why am I seeing these things? They're all gone now, but everyone wants to know what happened. I'm betting YouTube and TikTok will not let us know what happened. My guess, my honest-to-goodness guess, is that this is part of the influence of AI in the algorithm creation. So AI has been like, we have men, like me, who really enjoy looking at gross, weird stuff on the internet. Let's show them some gross, weird stuff in the advertising, and maybe they'll be more likely to buy it. Now, that's not true, but I was absolutely willing to share it with my friends. I wasn't able to share it, which I found interesting. So I clicked the share button uh, to get the link to send to the Discord to, so that my friends could be grossed out with me, but that didn't work. So I'm actually thinking the AI kind of tripped up and said, like, there is no actual physical thing that is disgusting in this video because there's no body member that you see, like you don't even see like a human hand, you see an object and that object goes into another object. That gesture would be very sexualized to a human being, but to an AI, they're not seeing any body parts. They're not seeing any, they haven't been programmed to understand what aspect of this is sexual. So to them, it's probably not sexual. I think this is one of the first failures I've seen at AI trying to moderate a system letting the exact stuff it's supposed to filter out go through. And that is, I guess, our future.